Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Somehow we got a clean lyrics rating on iTunes. What the f*** is that shit? Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from my home office built right here outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, recording on an actual Tuesday again. So <laughs> nice to do that. Uh, on this week's show, in Pipe Parts, another tale of two tobaccos. That's right, two tobaccos that I... Uh, jarred up for aging at the well two two uh, the uh, two different packing methods for aging tobaccos i did a little test sampling and uh, this you get to hear that in the reviews of the tobacco that's in pipe parts and then my guest is uh, phil morgan from missouri meersham we get to get caught up with phil and get to hear about the 150th anniversary and what's going on with the fda and new stuff from missouri meersham Plus, we'll have music, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And uh, remember, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to enjoy this fine show. Uh, Remember, new episodes coming out every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. That's right, one a week, every week, as long as we can keep going. Uh, To help us keep going... Share that you are listening to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Share it on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Tag me. Let me know that you're sharing it out. Uh, Would appreciate that. That's the best way to help the show grow. The other way is to go on to Stitcher or Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and a review. That would be greatly appreciated. And it costs you nothing to do. And it's, uh, and it's a great way to help the show grow. So keep sharing it out. Ratings, reviews, all that. We greatly appreciate it. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and uh, for pipe parts. So this was inspired partly because of the, uh, the weather of recent. Uh, it has... Spring has sprung here in North Carolina. We've got uh, trees that are uh, starting to bloom. There's cherry blossoms and a couple others that are blooming now, and the uh, leaves are starting to pop on the trees. So I started to think, all right, well, you know, I really enjoyed smoking that uh, McCraney's Red Ribbon on the cruise, and I managed to finish up that can. Well, what else have I got going on? So... I uh, was uh, digging around through some of my assorted tobaccos and I found a couple of jars that I remembered that I'd set aside to test a uh, to test a, my packing techniques in glass jars and to see what the uh, how the different techniques affected it. So as I've said in the past with Virginia's you really want to leave some air in there because you want that air to be able to circulate and and let that let it do its work on the sugars and start to crystallize them. You don't want to pack it too tight. Well, the reason I know that for a fact is because uh, <laughs> I did this test sampling back in uh, 2016. In February of 2016, uh, I took some McClellan 5100, which was, uh, you know, rest in peace, was readily available back then. And I took a couple of the small, uh, the small little uh, jelly size or you know the wide mouth jelly jars, and I packed one of them dead on tight. I mean, as tight as I could, crammed it in there, almost pressed it back into a cake again. And I took the other one and packed it loose so that if I shook the jar, 
you could you'd get movement in it. And if I pack the jar real hard, you know, while it's closed, if I tap the jar real hard against my hand, I'd get about uh, I'd, I'd get about a quarter inch of air. So those were the two different packings that I did. And this was this was before I really realized that you know that Virginias, especially Virginia Periques, need some air in there. Uh, English blends need less air, I think, because you don't want the uh, you don't want the Latakia to smooth out too quick. But I took these two and I packed them on the same day, same time, from the same batch of fifty one hundred. And this past week, I have opened them up and started smoking at them. Uh, first of all, the jar that was packed tight, and when I mean tight, I mean it, I had to get uh, I had to get my pocket knife out to loosen up the top layer of tobacco just to start to get it out and be able to get enough to make a bowl out of. Uh, it got it was starting to get a little tart. Uh, color wise it is darker than the other sample the one that's looser the one that's looser still has has a little more redness to it this is starting to turn a little on the on the dark side the uh, the tight packed one um i found out that the uh, tight packed one <laughs> now that i've opened it up i took an empty tin and uh and took the empty tin of uh, of red ribbon uh, washed it out a little bit to get some of the red ribbon out, let it dry. And then I loosened up a whole bunch of that tobacco that was in that tight jar and got it real loose and filled the tin about three quarters of the way, let it get some air to it. Uh, it's really rich and almost on the spicy side. Now, uh, it's a, it's a richer, spicier smoke, the looser packed sample. I uh, opened it up, smoked it. I found that it still had some of the, it still has that 5100 sweetness to it or that sugary ketchup taste to it. It does not have the richness of the other one. So here's my uh, here's my summation and I, and I tried these in different size pipes and different size uh, you know different size bowls, different configurations went through my normal, testing process with it just to uh, or sampling process with it just to see if I could get it right uh, found some pipes that they work better in the original 5100 packed loose worked better in one in my more traditional smaller bowls uh, my more traditional what I would save for my first morning in the humidity bowls the packed more tight richer version obviously i went into a more medium-sized bowl and it worked a lot better there uh the other thing that i noticed was i the weather's been a little uh, psycho here like a high of 80 and then a high of 55 and then a high of 80 and it's you know we've had a couple of days of warm weather a couple of days of cold weather um the uh, the richer one worked out better for me in the cooler weather so today 54 55 degrees that's what i'm smoking uh the other one worked worked really good on those warm days uh but anyway forgot where i was going with that uh either way the packing technique does change uh, the the packing for aging does change the way the tobacco is going to smoke i kind of knew that going into it i wasn't sure how much but at this point right now if you put the two different versions side by side it's hard for me to get a photograph that shows the difference of the color, but I can taste dramatically the difference in the two blends. So are you aging for long-term? Pack it looser. Are you aging for short-term and you want to richen it up? Pack it tighter. There's my, uh, there's my examples. And again, with these glass jars, I didn't do any uh, hermetic sealing to them, didn't do any boiling, didn't do any of that. Just took the tobacco and put it in clean jars, packed it as tight as I could, you know, did it, packed it the way I wanted to, and then hand tightened it. And with all my jars, I like to let them sit in a sunny window for a couple of days so that the sun heats up the air inside, expands it, and that helps seal it. So that's all I did. All right, there you go. There are my thoughts. Uh, two, two different uh, 
packing for aging techniques for Virginias, and I'm sure it'll work identically as well with Virginia, uh, with uh, Virginia Periques and for the English blends. All right, in just a moment, Phil Morgan. This is Internet Radio. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and catching up and returning to us again is a name that you hear every week on the Pipes Magazine radio show is uh, Phil Morgan, the uh, the the uh, the chief uh, the chief corn guy and head cobber at uh, Missouri Meersham. Phil, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Brian. Actually, my actual title is the chief corn shucker here at Missouri Meersham. So, uh, but good to be back, Brian. So that's why your wife refers to you as one hell of a shucker. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, among other things. Yeah. 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 And and your kids are children of the corn shuckers. Um, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they are. Yeah, the the one. Yeah, yeah, she is a little scary. So yeah, children of the corn probably is a good, a, <laughs> uh, is appropriate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so now so since the show comes out at night, you really don't venture too far out into the cornfields at night, do you? Yeah. No, not at all. In fact, we you know we have the dogs out. You know, uh, as soon as it gets dark, we've got the dogs out. You know, guarding the place. So. <laughs> all right. So, so now that now that we've obliterated that um, that theory. Uh, <laughs> uh, so first of all, let let's get caught up. You uh, you guys at Missouri Meersham just last year celebrated 150 years in business, and that's that's 150 years nonstop, continuously operating. Correct. That yeah, that is correct. And the you know we use the year 1869 as the the beginning basically at Missouri Meersham Company. It, actually in 1869 is when our founder Henry Tibby uh, made his first corn cob pipes and the the company Missouri Meersham actually wasn't formed until oh the early 1870s I think 1872 is the year uh, the company was actually formed but the year that uh, as I said the year that our founder Henry Tibby made his very first corn cob pipes was 1869 and he continuously made them from that point forward so that's the you know that's the year that that we use uh, and he started and when he did that too he you know he started it wasn't just Missouri Meersham that he started uh, and I think we, you and I may have talked about it before but what he started was an actual industry there was no corn cob pipe industry uh you know in this area uh, in the united states probably in the world even yeah. uh at the time and so he basically started uh an industry that uh, we were the first uh, for all intents and purposes we're the last but you know there were several other corn cob pot companies uh you know over the years too but so anyway we grab 1869 as the year that that the company began so what all did you do to celebrate 150 years of uh, corn cobbing? Well, we, uh, you know, we made a few corn cob pipes. And, <laughs> but what we actually, what we did to celebrate it is we, uh, we had two different celebrations. We had one in uh, April and then one again in October. And uh, the one in April, we wanted to have uh, – uh, an open house basically for the the people in the area there's so many people in washington that uh drive by our building i mean they know hey there's this big brick building on front street that says missouri meersham company but they've they've never been in it or they're not even totally clear on what we do here <laughs> uh they know it says corn cob pipes but they're not sure are we still making them so we thought well let's open the place up to and have an open house for the local community. So that's what we did in April. 
and we had what we and this is something we do do not normally do because our insurance company doesn't like us to do it but we actually gave uh tours of the working factory the uh the, the we the people in the plant were actually you know making the corn cob pipes uh for you know shaping the bowls assembling them and all that and we took uh, groups of 20 to 30 people through uh for two full days in april and we thought, you know, whenever we planned it, we thought, you know, this is something we're either going to be uh, underwhelmed by this or we're going to be overwhelmed by it. And believe me, we were overwhelmed by it. We had just in those two days, we took about 2,000 people uh, through in groups of 20 and 30, you know, through the plant. Uh, and it, it was great, though. It, what was really great about it is to see that how much the local people, you know, were were interested and appreciative of the fact that here's this old company that's uh, been in Washington for so many years and is still here and, and still operating. And uh, and we had it wasn't just local people that were here. We had people, you know, as you know, St. Louis is not too far away from here. So we had people from St. Louis and uh, even some people from Indianapolis, as I remember, came by and. Uh, but that's what we did in April, basically an open house for the the, uh, the local community. And then we wanted to do it again in October uh, and invite uh, like pipe clubs and, you know, people from the actual pipe community here. And so we did that again in October. It was uh, a little lower, oh, not quite as uh, a little lower key uh, event. Uh, but we had quite we had people from the you know, Kansas City Pipe Club, St. Louis Pipe Club, the Furniture City in Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan. They those guys came down, uh, you know, and we just again gave tours of the factory. Uh, Cornell and Deal was here. Uh, uh, Scandinavian Tobacco Lane was here, uh, and we had a couple of the guys from the Kansas City Pipe Club gave little classes on uh, how to smoke a pipe and uh uh jeremy reeves from cornell and deal gave a little blending uh seminar like he does so it was it was that one was more geared toward the pipe smokers so so those are the two big events that we had and then in in just during the year too we what we had done uh as you know we've got a museum and retail shop uh in part of the plant here or part of the uh, building and we kind of we uh, beefed up the museum part. We opened it up more, uh, brought some more uh, some old stuff, you know, out in into the museum to display. And again, and it was what we were celebrating is not just about Missouri Meerschaum Company, but it was about the corn cob pipe industry uh, itself. And a lot of people don't uh, don't realize how significant the industry was, you know, at the time. Uh, the, uh, for instance, the, uh, the founder, the son of the founder of our company, the first electric that was in this entire area, you know, was brought here by the son of our founder. Uh, he built a, a, a power plant right off the end of our building uh, to generate electric power for the corn cob pipe company here, but he generated enough electricity that he sold it to the city. The first uh, <laughs> uh, street lights in Washington were, you know, due to the corn cob pipe company, and he uh, sold power to the city of Union, which is just south of us. Uh, so it was so in in having our celebrations, as I said, it wasn't just about Missouri Meerschaum Company. It was about the corn cob pipe industry and what it what it meant for the area, you know, at the time. And it's still as when we were doing a lot of the research for it. A lot of us here. I've, I've been here almost 11 years now, but it, uh, it it's amazing how uh, how much of an impact the corn cob pipe industry had, you know, not just in the Washington area, but in this this area of Missouri and even all the way down into northern Arkansas. So uh, anyhow, that's uh, for our 150th celebration. That's what we got into. We wanted to, you know, look back into our history and uh, make sure we understood it and and uh, open up the plant to people. So so that's basically what we did. And we're kind of, you know, we're continuing that. I mean, we're going to, I mean, 150 years, that's a significant milestone. Here, here in Washington, we are the, actually, we're the second oldest business, continually operating business here in Washington. And we're fortunate the one that actually is the oldest is a machine shop that's right up the hill from us 
which is really fortunate for us because they have worked on all of our machines from day one. So, so we have somebody, you know, who's very familiar with all of our old machines here. So, but anyway, that's, that's kind of a rundown of what we did for our 150th. So you, you kind of had a busy year last year. Yes, we did. And, you know, we've been planning for it for a couple of years and, uh, I tell you what, even though we we love doing it, it was great. Uh, it was, you know, it was kind of stressful getting ready for it and not knowing, well, how many people you're going to have. And, and uh, but it was really rewarding when we saw how many people really were interested. And it was, yeah, you know, it was a full year. And as you know, we go to the, you know, different pipe shows across the country and a, at least one trade show during the year. So we, you know, we had to do all of that along with the 150th uh, celebration. So, we're uh, this this year. We're kind of taking a little bit of a breather, uh, you know, from all of those activities. We're going to take a break right here, just so that so that I can absorb all that. When we come back, we'll talk more about the museum. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll get Phil to tell a little bit about the FDA and more. We'll be back in just a minute. My name is Shane Ireland, and I'm the pipe manager at SmokingPipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team. The pipe you see is the pipe you get, and it's just the one you've been searching for. Whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection, or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos, give us a call at 1-888-366-0345, and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you. We are quality. We are experts. We are collectors. We are SmokingPipes.com. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, Phil Morgan of the uh, Missouri Meerschaum Corn Cob Pipe Company. Uh, I, I'm thinking, yeah, you said 2,000 people came and took tours, so that's everybody in the city plus their relatives from the surrounding counties, right? <laughs> yeah, and even some of their dogs and cats, you know, they brought <laughs> with them. That's that's what's part of that number. Yeah. No, there's. You know, uh, it you know it, it was a good cross section of everybody here. Washington is about a town of about fourteen thousand people, but there's it's it's like a lot of these smaller communities that you've got smaller towns around that the the area seems bigger just because there's a lot of small towns around. But but yes, we we are a little bigger than two thousand people here in Washington. Um, if I come to uh, Washington, Missouri, uh, I'm sorry, that's the that's the correct way to pronounce it is Missouri. Uh, not in this not not in this part of Missouri. In, in this <laughs> on this side of Missouri, it's Missouri. If you get over in Kansas City, it's Missouri. Okay, all right. Well, that's where my family's from. So, <laughs> uh, how much how much time do I need to spend to get through the uh, the museum and the shop and the gift shop? And what are your operating hours? Well, the in the the museum and little retail shop, the where it's Monday through Saturday, and from uh, Monday through Friday, it's like eight to four. Saturday, it's ten to five. And you know, as far as how much time, it, you know, it depends on how much uh, of the the historical stuff that you want to take the time to look at. You know, for instance, there's uh, one cabinet that we have in there that we have an original letter from Douglas MacArthur. We have an original letter from Norman Rockwell. We have an original letter from Lyndon Johnson, uh, from uh, Thomas Hart Benton, uh, Wilbur wow. Mills, other politicians. You know, so if, you, you know, if you're going to take the time to look at those and read them then, uh, and, and look at some of the, the old pipes and the old memorabilia that we have here, you know, it would take, I would say, a half hour uh, to look at the – uh, the museum uh, part of it, and then it, uh, as far as looking at all the apparel and the pipes and the pipe tobacco that we have here too, you know, it just depends on how, you know, how much time you know you want to take looking at that. But you know, I'd say you know a half hour to forty-five minutes 
uh, is probably a good time. Are there special edition pipes that are only available at the uh, at at the factory there? We yes and no. Yeah, there there are uh, uh, at certain times there are. For instance, if we come out with a uh, a new pipe, uh, for instance, the St. Patrick's Day pipe that we uh, last year we came out with the St. Patrick's Day pipe, and then we did again this year. And what we'll do when we come out with a new pipe like that, we will have it in our uh, on our website, but then we'll also have it out in the the retail shop, and we'll we want to do that first before we sell it wholesale, you know, to other shops and uh, to distributors because we want to see is it going to be a popular pipe or not. And uh, most of the time they are, not always, uh, but and there are there is one pipe we call the Stubby that we keep here uh the only place it's available is on our website or here in the retail shop so uh, uh but so the answer is yeah we do uh, right at the moment we have uh the uh st patrick's day pipe uh for this year you know is only available on our website or in the in, on our shop here but we don't you know we don't do that for any reason other than to see hey is this going to be a popular pipe or not uh because that kind of determines, you know, how many uh, of them you need to make. And it also depends, because usually on those pipes, we're going to have, uh, we'll get a really nice acrylic stem on it. And, of course, we have to get those from Italy. Uh, so uh, you have to kind of have an idea of how many of those do we need to uh, need to order, too. So, so you, kind of, you, you kind of use your, uh, your shop and the website as guinea pigs before you, <laughs> or test markets before you go into full production on something for all your, uh, all your accounts around the world because most of your pipes are sold through distributors and you, don't, you really don't know where they end up at retail. Yo, you're right, and that's uh, we'll we. There's quite a few uh, tobacco shops themselves that we sell to, you know, direct to. But the majority of what we sell, the that's the biggest, the number of our pipes, the largest number of our pipes are sold to distributors. And as you said, there we we don't know where the who the distributor, you know, sells them to. Uh, and every once in a while, we'll have an individual call in and say, well, I live in, you know, such and such, and uh, do you know any place around me that carries your pipes? And we'll look to see if we sell direct to a shop anywhere. Uh, but And if we don't, we say, well, we, you know, we sell to distributors who might, you know, sell to one of your shops there, but we're not aware of any. So, but but you're right. The vast majority of what we sell is to a distributor. Yeah, and, then, and both in that, both both in the United States and you know across the you know uh, internationally too. To we sell to a lot of distributors in Europe and uh, in Asia. Yeah. All right. Now let, let's talk about the uh, let, let's talk about the FDA here for a minute because you're kind of on the on the pulse of what's going on or maybe what's not going on uh, on the from the pipe side. Is there anything new to talk about, about whether or not the FDA is going to require testing or reporting, or uh, have they come by and, and looked at your facility? Tell, tell us any dirt. No, no. Fortunately, they have not, uh, you know, come by, at least not yet. And I know they have made some uh, uh, visits, you know, to some pipe makers, uh, you know, around the country or in the United States. But uh, as far as anything new to report, I think it's good news that there really isn't much new to report, you know, on the pipes and the and the pipe tobacco side of it. Uh, I do keep up on the news of it. Uh, most of, uh, of what I have seen in, oh, I'd say the last even couple years, you know, is more related to vaping and to uh, cigarettes and of course to cigars too uh but from the uh, purely pipe tobacco and pipes uh viewpoint uh luckily there just isn't much to report and uh there's not been you know uh, we've not had to make any you know drastic changes in anything that we do here you know based upon the what the fda has done in recent years other than if you have a retail shop uh you, you have to have some there's particular signage that you have to have which we do uh and that's really about the only thing you know going on at this point uh and as far as the uh uh oh 
reporting on the, uh, the the material that goes into our pipes or anything like that. You know, we haven't had to do anything new with that. We do have to every year. We do have to. It's it's not re-register, but it's it's basically just renew your registration, you know, with them and let them know if the if you're doing anything different or advertising in any different way. So we do have to do that every year. But as far as anything that is very specific to pipe tobacco or to pipes, uh, we uh, there knock on wood there just hasn't or knock on a corn cob just hasn't been <laughs> uh, uh, not not a whole lot new to report, which uh, which is a good thing. Yeah, so in this case, no news is really good news. Oh, absolutely. This, this is definitely a, a good case of that, yes. Um, anything new coming up with Missouri Meerschaum? Any new shapes that you want to talk about or uh, new new secrets that you want to leak out? Well, we're all, you know, we're always uh, looking at, uh, you know, something new, uh, you know, just uh, it, when you're in business like this, you, uh, it's, you need to every once in a while come up with something new just to get people looking at you again. And whenever we go to the pipe shows or trade shows, both, I mean, we'll get uh, one of the questions we get asked a lot, uh, hey, what's new? So it's always yeah. good to have something uh, to show. And I will tell you, not, we don't always have something new to show. Uh, but uh, what's really uh, helps us out a lot, two different things. First of all, when you've been in business 150 years, you can just look back in some of our old catalogs from, uh, <laughs> I think the earliest complete catalog we have is from 1907, and look at some of the shapes that were made back then, and it's amazing how many different shapes uh, we, we made even back then. Uh, but we can look back there and say, hey, what, what's, what's a shape that we haven't made in a long time that we could come, uh, come back out with, which we do occasionally. And the other thing uh, that really helps us is there's a lot of people in the, uh, out in the pipe community that know a corn cob is something that you can, you can modify and kind of experiment with the shape. And somebody will come up with an idea. In fact, I'm on my wall. I'm looking at about three different drawings I have from people who sent the drawings in and said, "Hey, I thought this would be a good idea for a corn cob pipe." And, and and a couple of those we've actually said, "Hey, that is a good idea," and and we've actually done them. So uh, so for right now, uh, we do have oh gosh, about three different uh, ideas that we're working on. Uh, for uh, for some new pipes, some of them are actually collaborations with uh, with with some other uh, somebody else in the pipe uh, industry or pipe community, and uh, a couple of them, you know, were maybe about three of them actually that we're actually we're hoping that they'll be out you know sometime this year yet, and that's what's really you know exciting about working with the uh, corn cob pipe is that it lends itself to modification and to uh, coming up with a new shape. And if you, you know, if you screw one up while you're trying to come up with a new shape, you know, you've uh, not that we don't value our corn cobs highly, but you've only screwed up a corn cob, you know, so you can, uh, you can go back and, and start all over again and not have cost you anything a whole lot other than your time. So, uh, so yeah, we will, if everybody kind of stays tuned, we will have some new things coming out this year yet. And, uh, and we're always, we're always looking at new things and we're always, uh, you know, anxious to, or, or willing to look at somebody's ideas too. And if you screw up a corn cob, then, you know, that's a pipe that Phil gets to keep. Yeah, yeah, and if you would, if if you're ever here and you see my office, you would see all the screw ups in here because I got pipes <laughs> yeah. laying all over the place here. <laughs> Listen, when I was in the tobacco business uh, on that side of it, I never smoked a tin of tobacco that wasn't dented. So I I yeah. didn't know that they actually sealed airtight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the other thing that I have around my office here. Since we do uh, sell pipe tobacco in our retail shop, uh, we'll we'll usually have uh, a tin that's open for somebody just to smell the tobacco. So when we run out of that, that that sample tin comes in and sits in my office. So I've got I've not only a huge amount of pipes laying around here, but an unbelievable amount of pipe tobacco laying around here too, and I, <laughs> and it's very comforting. It's a very comforting if you're a pipe smoker. It's a very comforting office to come into. <laughs> so, and and the one thing on a on a somewhat serious note, I mean, this is a hundred and fifty one year old company now. You've been there for eleven years. 
Um, you know, for such an old company, and I, I greatly appreciate it. I know Kevin greatly appreciates you are one of the first adapters to uh, advertising and sponsoring on Pipes Magazine and jumping on with the radio show and continued support. We, you know, we greatly appreciate that. But at the same time, that's, you know, for such an old company that makes such a, uh, a, a throwback kind of product, that's a little forward thinking, isn't it? Yeah, but, well, I, it, it probably is. But, you know, when you're this, you, you've got to be looking forward. If you're in any type of business, you've got to be looking forward all the time. And I, but I think it, uh, even making an old heritage uh, throwback product like we have, the, the pipe community is such a great community uh, that's, that's accepting of both and willing to try both new things and old things. And I think just being, we want to be part of that pipe community and, and going, you know, sponsoring the, the radio, the Pipes Magazine radio show and advertising on, you know, Pipes Magazine was, I remember when Kevin approached us, I think it, uh, I think he had talked to me on the phone possibly once and then he was at the St. Louis Pipe Show. I think the very first St. Louis Pipe Show that I was at, uh, I met him, he was there. And we talked about his idea and everything. I said, yeah, we definitely want to be part of that. And uh, it's uh, it's just great. It's a great community to be part of. And uh, the Pipes Magazine is, is just a great uh, venue to, uh, you know, to, to be present at. And uh, even on your show, it's a great, great show to be part of, Brian. Well, I I appreciate that. However, I'm wondering, <laughs> did my did my invitation to the 150th party get lost in the mail? Because you had another podcast there uh, for that, and and they're they're great guys. I'm a I'm a fan of them, and you know I I realize that they're not quite as tall as I am, but um, but yeah, they they did what one or two shows. Uh, live from your facility they they actually did one you know live from out out in the, the museum area and and as far as your invitation brian you know the problem is you move around so much you know we didn't know what address <laughs> to send that invitation to so you know it probably it's it, it probably got to uh, somewhere it's out there somewhere still floating around trying to find you probably but you know you are always welcome here so you don't need an you don't need a formal invitation you can you're uh, always welcome well your 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 wife pat who i love dearly um and uh, you know a big shout out to her for dealing with you um and all the wives for dealing with all of us <laughs> but uh, i i cleared it up with her i do not need a ritz carlton hotel to stay at i will stay at a four-star hotel so you know i know there's got to be one nearby in st louis but uh, no anyway if you want to go back to uh, country squire radio's uh, episode from the uh, from the missouri meersham factory it was uh, <laughs> they did they did a great job it was a lot of fun i i almost felt like i was there except i wasn't but I was probably traveling somewhere. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, as soon as we, uh, Brian, as soon as we build a four star here in Washington, I'll let you know, and then yeah, you'll maybe you can plan a trip here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I am trying to, and here's a, here's a little tip for uh, for pipe smokers that if you if you want to, Washington, Missouri is not too far south of Hannibal, Missouri, where there's a lot of Mark Twain stuff, so you can kind of tie those into a uh, into a two-day trip with a one-night stay somewhere nearby and then you get to see uh i i believe they actually have a couple of mark twain's corn cob pipes up in uh in hannibal yeah they do yeah they definitely do up there and that's uh hannibal is is a great it's a great old river town just like washington is and you know, along the both the Missouri and the Mississippi, there's a lot of great old river towns, and uh, of course Hannibal, you know, will forever be famous for the the being the home of Mark Twain. So, yeah, be, yeah it's, it's 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 close, definitely close enough. You can easily you know visit both places in a day. Uh, it's on my bucket list, and we will definitely come by and see you guys as well. But, uh, Phil, I want to wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions. It's been a while since you've got them, so you're going to get them again. Are you ready? I am ready. What is your favorite pipe? Honestly, my favorite pipe is the one I'm smoking at that at any particular time. Now, if you had to pin me down, of course, I'm going to say a corncob pipe. 
and w- one of my favorite pipes is one of our kind of, I would call it our middle range pipe it's called the legend uh it's just it's one of those pipes that just holds the right amount of tobacco it's the uh, uh, you know the right dimensions and everything for me so uh if i had to if somebody pinned me down and say what is your absolute favorite pipe you know i that's the one i would pick but honestly i love smoking pipes so much that uh my favorite pipe is whatever i happen to be smoking at the time you know that that brings up a i'm going to interrupt the fast five because i can um what is do you know is there is there a his is there any record of the longest surviving corn cob pipe or how long a, a the longest pipe has been uh smoked or you know i i guess what i'm trying to say yeah, is I, these aren't disposable how long has the longest one lasted well they'll i mean they will as long as somebody takes care of them and you know this as long as you take care of a corn cob pipe you know it, it will last as long as you know any other pipe will assuming that there's not some defect in it uh, like the pith growing into the side of the pipe or something that we can't tell but as far as the the we have people bringing in really old ones here you know fairly often but we've had the longest one i know that was continuously smoked is we had a several years ago we had an old gentleman come in and he had two pipes he had a legend and, and a diplomat one of ours called a diplomat and uh, he he said, I've been smoking these two pipes for 20 years, and I think I finally need to replace them. And so I was looking <laughs> at him, and the only reason he needed to replace them, he had let the cake build up so thick in the bowl, the tobacco chamber, that he couldn't get tobacco in it anymore. So, <laughs> so there's two pipes that I know that were continuously smoked for 20 years uh, and, and were still, still smokable. And back to the Fast Five, what is your favorite tobacco? You know, that uh, uh, I anticipated that question, and I don't know that I, I can't really say, and I'm sure you hear this a lot, I really don't know that I have an absolute favorite. It kind of depends on what you're in the mood for. You know, I love a good Virginia Flake, uh, but I, uh, I, I smoke aromatics fairly often, especially here at work, because that's what the people in the office like to smell. And, uh, in fact, I was just, before you called, I was smoking Trout Stream, so uh, from uh, Pipes and Cigars, which is, and it's a bag that I've had, gosh, it's been laying here on my desk, I bet, for five years. Wow. And I finally uncovered it, and it's still in great shape and tastes great. So, you know, I uh, I loved in, uh, oh, Cornell and Deal's uh, Buffalo Soldier, you know, is one of my favorites, too. So, but I like I, I'm like a lot of pipe smokers. I like a whole range of, of pipe tobaccos, and I don't know that I can really say there's a favorite. You might want to clean up your desk. You might find a whole bunch of other five-year-old tobacco laying around there. Oh, believe me, there is. There's some stuff. There's some amazing <laughs> tobacco that's laying here. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite drink? Uh, it depends on what, uh, when you say drink, it depends on what you mean by that. If you mean the favorite drink for relaxation, it would have to be the one that my wife and I enjoy, uh, my wife Pat and I enjoy the most together, and we both love a good Manhattan, a good, and in particular, a uh, Manhattan made with rye whiskey. So if I had mm. to pick, you know, a favorite drink from a, from a relaxation standpoint, it would be a rye Manhattan. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? You know, probably because when, when you want to relax, if, you know, if I turn on a movie to relax, unless it's really, really good, I'm going to fall asleep. So if, I'm, if to relax and smoke a pipe, it would be, uh, number one would be music, would be uh, to listen to music, and uh, number two would be to read a book. Yeah, but of course, you can read a book and listen to music, you know, at the same time too. So, uh, so it would be either for smoking, for relaxation, smoking with the pipe. I, I would say music number one. And we do have to remember that in deep down in your heart, you're really a CPA, so or an accountant. So, <laughs> not yeah, that's right. Yeah, not, not going to get too spicy and wild, are we? Not, not at all. No. <laughs> Uh, and then finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory of the past couple of years? Yeah, you know, uh, it, it's it's been a little bit longer than a couple of years. It's maybe four or five years ago now. But it was, you know, you and I both have a good friend, Levon Irk, 
Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite memories of uh, pipe smoking is we were at the Columbus Pipe Show, or we were at the pipe show in Columbus. <laughs> And uh, and Lee, we had gotten to be good friends with Lee because Lee's from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. My wife Pat's from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, you know. So they, those two hit it off immediately, and and Lee and I became good friends. And we were, uh, I told my wife or I told Pat, you know, someday I would love to have a uh, one of Lee's pipes. So she, unbeknownst to me, she bought one of Lee's pipes for me. And so Lee and I were sitting out in that uh, that area where outside where you can uh, uh, smoke uh, your pipes, and he, uh, I had a corn cob pipe and I gave it to him for a heat. So he was smoking a corn cob pipe, and I was smoking his pipe, and we just had a great time <laughs> laughing about it. So, you know that that's one of my favorite uh, you know memories of you know pipe smoking just because of the camaraderie and uh, just to you know to trade pipes with Lee basically. And the fun of the fun of a pipe show. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. The uh, website is corncobpipe.com. Uh, go there, check it out. the uh, The town is Washington, Missouri, just outside of St. Louis. Phil, thank you very much for coming back, and thanks for everything you do. Oh, thank you, Brian. Thanks for what you do for the pipe community, and uh, you know, thanks for having me back on. I really enjoyed it. And we'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell and Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenay's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell and Deal's Cellar Series. The secret ingredient is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information. This is Internet Radio. And we are back. And, of course, uh, you know, check out and support uh, Missouri Meerschaum and all they do for the pipe community. All right, for music, uh, my friend Dino and the, uh, the official music director of the Pipes Magazine radio show, Sent this along, and this is uh, Yo-Yo Ma, who we've heard on the show before, uh, once playing with Chris Thiele. Uh, this is Yo-Yo Ma doing Bach, and of course Bach is a pipe smoker, so there's the link. Yo-Yo Ma doing the, and I might mispronounce this, Sarabande from Bach's Cello Suite Number no. 3.
Yo-Yo Ma, and that was recorded just with a microphone and a video camera sitting in his, what looks like his home studio, and uh, it's available on uh, YouTube if you want to look it up. It's, uh, yeah, what, what else can you say, but it's Yo-Yo Ma. Transmission begins from Moneypenny. In the mailbag, and uh, remember, if you have a comment or question, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, B-R-I-A-N at pipesmagazine.com, or go to pipesmagazine.com, post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page, uh, right there on Pipes Magazine, or send me a message on Facebook or Instagram. If you have something that you would like to hear in uh, Pipe Parts or a guest suggestion, Please send those to me as soon as you can. Also, if you have a question for uh, the Ask the Pipe Maker segment, please send that to me. Uh, we are getting ready to record some more of those. So looking forward to hanging out with Jeff. All right. Uh, iTunes rating and a review from Press Box Vet. He says, uh, social distancing made easy in five stars. So thank you very much. Uh, he says, I've been listening to the Pipes Magazine radio show for years, and I would highly recommend it. This podcast is just what the doctor ordered when you are barricaded in your tobacco cellar and cut off from the outside world. Brian's years of industry experience, friendly personality, and old-time radio format make listening not only enjoyable, but educational. The fact that there's 350-plus episodes doesn't hurt either. Uh, if you're interested in pipes or premium pipe tobacco, you owe it to yourself to check out the show. Well done, Brian and Kevin. Well, thank you very much, Press Box Vet. Uh, I guess as this one's going out, this is show number 393, which probably puts us around 400 hours of recorded audio. Uh, and then going back to uh, last week's show... Uh, Casey Ghost writes, good trip report on your cruise. It sounded like fun. Glad somebody understands that tobacco is tobacco. Very interesting interview with a relatively new smoker. I just about fast forwarded the show when you said it was going to be Steve Earle. For some reason I didn't and was pleasantly surprised that it was very enjoyable. Well, glad you like the music. All right, if you have some uh, free time on your hands and looking to occupy it with some pipe and tobacco information, if you don't already, I highly suggest you go to smokingpipes.com and click on the Daily Reader. That's their blog, and there are articles and videos and all kinds of different stuff, including writing from our uh, good friend Chuck Stanion. There's historical stuff, there's interviews, there's a ton of really well-written, good information in there, and I can't recommend it more, uh, including if you go back a month or so, there's an interview with me that Chuck did. So, got some free time? Check out the uh, smokingpipes.com uh, daily reader. Click on daily reader at the top of it. While you are looking for stuff to read, my father-in-law, Ken Conklin, wrote a book about a uh, Virginia gentleman named Norville Lee. It's the story of a black man growing up in uh, growing up in Virginia. He was in World War II and attached to the Tuskegee Airmen and went on to be an Olympic uh, gold medal winning boxer and... Just one of those uh, one of those real American stories. You can find it on Amazon. It's Norville N O R V E L Lee, and the author's name is Kenneth Conklin C O N K L I N. So check that out, and uh, if you it's available on Kindle or in print, and if you do that, it helps support the family a little bit. JDRF auctions are coming up, and again, we'll run them as soon as uh, things get kind of back to normal. But if you have something that you'd like to donate, please email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. 
or brian.levine at mei-travel.com. Yes, I'm still doing travel stuff, and here's a little travel tip for you, something that I do. Uh, If you're going to be gone from the house for, I usually do it if I'm gone for more than three nights. I will uh, go around the house and unplug any appliance or recharging item that does not need to be plugged in or need to be operating while we're gone. Uh, The reason I do that is twofold. One, it helps save a little bit of electricity. And two, it helps, uh, you know, with the possibility of, you know, maybe minutely helps, but with the possibility of preventing a fire while you're gone. So all those appliances that you have plugged in that you use once a day or sometimes twice a day, if you have something recharging that you use on a weekly basis and you're not going to need it, unplug all those. Now, the bad part is when you come back from a trip, yeah, you got to go back around and plug in the coffee maker and reset the clock on it. And, you know, I I turn off, I unplug and disconnect all my computer stuff because if something were to happen, I don't want electricity going through them, whatever it is. Anyway, unplug the stuff that you're uh, not going to need for a while, and that'll help save you a little bit of electricity while you're traveling. All right, in uh, light of the situation and everything, uh, rant time will be, uh, you know, more retrospective time and more happy time, but that's uh, coming up next. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Now is as good a time as any uh, to remind everyone to be thankful for those that are out there on the front lines that when we're told to go away from trouble, these people go towards it. I'm talking nurses, doctors, EMTs, firefighters, police, uh, you know, and I'll even include the uh, I'll include the truckers in it because, you know, these are people that without them, everything comes to a stop and they're out there pushing forward when we're told to back away uh, to the folks in the military that are being pulled up all around the world and asked to help out with the situations you know what thank you to all of you Uh, keep doing what you're doing i appreciate it we need to continue to show our appreciation for those people Uh, we can also do a little bit of help with uh, staying out of their way and making things less, uh, uh, making things easier for them. Uh, I also want to remind y'all, you know, take time for yourself. Take time, relax, uh, you know, find something that you enjoy. Uh, Podcast-wise, yeah, go back, listen to old episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, go back and listen to uh, pipe-related stuff, like, you know, listen to the Country Squire radio. If, you, if you've missed a few episodes of theirs, go back and listen to them. Uh, Mike Murphy's Pipe and Tamper podcast. Go back and listen to that. Uh, if you can find it, the uh, Monstrosity Holy Sylvester's podcast, I believe, is still up, posted, and available for listening. And uh, you know, it's just a good time to sit back with your pipe and listen to those and stay out of the way of those that are uh, trying to do their job and trying to help us the most. And that's uh, probably the best way that we can support them right now is to stay out of their way. All right, I want to uh, thank Phil Morgan for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. Who cares who
clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny All portions of the show that you did not like are the responsibility of Kevin Godby.